Israel celebrates its 75th anniversary. Governor Ron DeSantis visits Jerusalem and sees Benjamin Netanyahu. And Ukraine is preparing for a spring offensive. These stories and more, Messianic World Update begins now. Shalom, everyone. I'm Monty Judah with Line of Land Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is Friday, April 28th of the year 2023. And in the news, let's talk about Israel first. Israel this week celebrated its 75th anniversary. So that there's no confusion, they observe it on the Hebrew date, which is the fifth day of Iyar which was back in 1948, was May 14th. But this year, it was April 25th for the 5th of Iyar. Besides all of the ceremonies that they did in Israel, and they had a special memorial ceremony for fallen IDF soldiers for that service, plus some parades, Benjamin Netanyahu made a big speech with regard to Israel being at 75 years. The U.S. House passed a resolution in favor of Israel, recognizing their 75th anniversary, but there was one difference that is noteworthy. In all previous resolutions passed by Congress recognizing Israel as an ally, they have always mentioned the Palestinians and the two-state solution. This year, the U.S. House did not mention those items. That shows you how much that idea that's been going around for many, many years, dating back all the way to 1993, has just fallen out of favor. The Palestinians have not moved forward in the agreements, have not kept the agreements, and Israel continues to just gently step back from the whole two-state solution. The only people that are really advocating it is Joe Biden and the White House. Nobody in the Middle East seems to be pursuing it at all. In addition to the U.S. House, the U.N. and its General Assembly, they agreed to recognize and commemorate what's called Nakba Day. Nakba is the Arab word for catastrophe. And the way the Palestinians of the Arab world views every anniversary of Israel is by calling it a catastrophe day. That's when the Jewish nation of Israel was established and started. So the UN now is recognizing that as a holiday and as a commemoration in support of the Palestinians. So they did that in conjunction with Israel celebrating their anniversary. The UN Security Council, which is now the president of that, is now Russia. Despite the Ukraine war, they took their turn to being in charge of the UN Security Council. And they decided to hold a normal UN security meeting on the day of the anniversary of Israel. And in years past, that has not been done. Israel requested that they not do it and so that the Israeli delegation could be a part of their events. Russia refused, kind of making a statement against Israel. And so the Israeli delegation, very pronounced way, walked out of the UN Security Council on that day. All of those events surrounding the issues of the 75th anniversary of Israel, all the nations of the world focusing on what's going on besides Israel doing it as well. 
Governor Ron DeSantis, who is likely going to be a presidential candidate in opposition to Donald Trump on the Republican side, has decided to make a foreign trip. Now, he was going out to represent the state of Florida, but he traveled to Israel, and he saw Benjamin Netanyahu, and quite honestly, not only is it to support between Israel and Florida some activities, but it's also Ron DeSantis getting out there and learning about foreign policy. Well, he weighed in and made some speeches in Israel, and these speeches clearly were taking issue with the Biden administration and how they're handling Israel and what they're doing. I mentioned to you before, the White House is still for the two-state solution, uh, giving the splitting and dividing the land of Israel between the Palestinians and the Israelis. However, Ron DeSantis in his speech went all the way back to the UN partition plan of 1948 and explained that there never was a UN plan that was gonna recognize a Palestinian entity, that it was all to be part of Israel. The reason why that we have the West Bank situation and the rest of Israel situation is because when the state of Israel was proclaimed back in 1948, there was a War of Independence, five Arab armies attacked Israel. And Jordan was able to hold on to the areas that we now call the West Bank, the Sumerian and Judean areas. And as a result of Jordan granting peace to Israel and Israel granting peace to Jordan, Jordan announced that he would just give the land that they originally had to the Palestinians. That is not in accordance with what was the original plan. That is kind of what has happened. Well, Ron DeSantis has gone back and literally admitted the elephant that's in the room. And that is that the original deal was that Israel was supposed to have their nation. The Palestinians were going to be part of the Arab world. And instead, because of the War of, of Independence and the armistice of July of 1949, that everything has migrated from there, and all the nations of the world are not really honoring what were the original agreements. And DeSantis is clearly referring, instead of occupied lands in Israel, it's referring to them as disputed lands. That is a very significant difference from what has been the U.S. administrations in past years, particularly Joe Biden and how he views settlements in, quote, disputed lands as opposed to occupied lands and those kinds of things going on. Since we're talking about Joe Biden, his support for Ukraine, I'm sure you've heard that he's doing quite a bit of that moving some tanks over there, getting Europeans to deliver things. He's been taking ammunition away from U.S. forces in Europe to ship them over to Ukraine. And now he has done the same to a particular stockpile of ammunition that is in Israel. In the past wars that Israel has had, they have always found themselves in a situation where they've exhausted their ammunition very early in all of their conflicts and have had to call on the United States for emergency supplies. And there's many harrowing stories about how the United States got the supplies there just in time. So there was an agreement some time ago that was put together between Israel and the DOD and the U.S. 
that the Department of Defense would set up what is called a MOB, a main operating base in the center of Israel. It's actually off of the highway that goes from Tel Aviv up to Jerusalem. And it's a autonomous zone, belongs to the United States, and their warehouses and underground facilities, and there's stored ammunition and military equipment there should, should there be another war with, with Israel and their neighbors, the ammunition is already in the land of Israel that's earmarked to support Israel in a time of emergency and war. Joe Biden has decided to go in and take a lot of the ammunition out of that place and move it over to Ukraine. And as a result, he has weakened Israel and the U.S. support that has always been there. That is very concerning to Israel. In wars past, they have needed that to be able to defend themselves. And this definitely weakens Israel's ability to defend themselves. We'll just have to see how that pans out. But I'm personally, I'm very concerned about that. We have CENTCOM commander is now meeting with the chief of staff of the IDF. I'm sure that's one of the discussions that they're talking about. How is the U.S. support going to help Israel in defending themselves? Of course, Iran is always on their mind about what's going to be happening with that. And again, the tensions are still there. There's great concern about whether Iran is going to launch an attack, a missile war against Israel, or whether Israel is going to take a preemptive attack to defend themselves against them. Nothing further on that at the moment. The, what we reported last week is still intact this week. Let's talk about the judicial overhaul that was going on in Israel is causing all the protests. The Knesset action for the judicial overhaul has been suspended. It stopped. And there are negotiations trying to go on about trying to find a compromise for this Knesset action. At the moment, there's no compromise that has been put together. And several that have been tried have been rejected by either side. Most recently this week, there were 600,000 Israelis that protested outside of the Knesset against the judicial overhaul. And at the same time, 200,000 Jewish people protested for the judicial overhaul in Jerusalem. Of course, the protesters are saying Israel is moving away from a democracy and into a dictatorship. And of course, the protesters for it are saying that the Supreme Court is a dictator and they need to be pulled back and be part of the government as well. There's no resolution in sight for this. It's still an ongoing internal conflict within Israel. Let me give just a little bit more definition to what this is about. And I've mentioned this before. There are three elements that the liberals and those that are against the judicial overhaul believe that constitutes the definition of the modern state of Israel. One, the Jewish people, the land of Israel, and the government. And liberals want that to be the focal point of how the nation is guided and how the nation is defined. The conservative, the religious, though, they see the nation of Israel defined as Torah, the laws of God, the land, and the Jewish people. And so what is at stake is where does the modern state of Israel fit into that?
If you're a liberal, you want the Knesset and the government to rule over everything. And if you're religious and conservative, you want the Torah to rule over things. And so there's great concern about the right-wing religious coalition that is under Netanyahu right now as to whether or not they would tip the scales on that. That's really fundamentally what the issue is about. It has many different elements to it, but that's what's at stake for the internal argument in Israel. Meanwhile, in Israel, there are many Palestinian attacks still taking place. There was a car ramming incident in which the Palestinian rammed his car into a bunch of Israeli civilians. They have done that frequently in the past against soldiers at bus stops, but soldiers have gotten smarter, and they put up these bulwarks so that a car can't hit where the people are standing at the edge of the road. But a Palestinian decided to attack people in Jerusalem and harmed many people. There's also stabbing attacks going on, stabbing attacks against soldiers as Palestinians walk by them. Israel is calling upon all citizens who have a license to carry a weapon, to carry their weapons and arm themselves in the general public. And just recently, the IDF arrested a member of the lion's den. This is the really radical element terrorists that have been doing many different terrorist attacks inside of Israel. They are located in the West Bank area, in the Sumerian area, and Israel and the IDF and Shin Bet have been going in and dealing with them. They've captured another member of it. There was another firefight, and Israel's trying to do its best to uproot that and get that out of there. But in the meantime, those are the conflicts that are going on on a daily regular basis in the land of Israel as we speak. So let's shift gears. I mentioned to you about the president taking ammunition away from the main operating base in Israel to support Ukraine. Ukraine this winter has been pulling together from multiple nations new tanks, upgraded their artillery, have increased their use of UAVs, drones, and they've also come up with new ways to do mine warfare. I have watched some analysis, detailed analysis, on their use and implementation of this stuff, and they have a measure of success against the Russians. Let me give you an example of one item that they've done. <laughs> You're going to love the irony of this. Ukraine bought a whole bunch of commercial drones from China you know, little small drones that has a camera and so forth. So they're using those for reconnaissance. You would expect that to happen. So the military is able to go out, you know, a couple of miles in advance and use them. But they've also rigged them to where that they will carry a hand grenade or they'll carry a thermal grenade. And what the Ukrainians have been successful in doing is flying these drones and they find a Russian tank or some armored vehicles, and they're parked, and they left the hatch open on the top of the turret. And they've been flying the drone over the top and dropping a grenade down inside the tank, which goes off and kills the crew. And a thermal grenade, they drop into it, it lights up the tank and blows up all the ammunition and everything to it. They're even finding Russian bunkers, you know, the underground element where they build a bunker, and they're dropping these things at the door. 
of the bunkers and killing the Russians rampant. The destruction of Russian tanks and armor is at an all-time high, and it's been upgraded. The number of casualties for Russian tanks has come from commercial drones that the UAE has rigged how to do it. The, the, not the UAE, the, the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians have, at the moment, about seven different classes of drones that they're applying in the battlefield. Now, that's complemented by their whole new use of mine warfare. There are mines that the troops go in and put at various places, roads and junctures and fields, to stop future Russian attacks when they come rolling over with their tanks and their troops to assault Ukrainian lines. And so everybody understands the concept that you'd put some of these mines on the road or at intersections and the tank runs into it, blows up, and stops the whole column. Well, the Russians, the way they've been working it is, as soon as that happens, they jump onto the fields and they roll alongside of the road on the fields. Well, Ukrainians figured this out and they've been putting mines out on the fields waiting for them. In fact, they've gotten to the point where they don't put them on the roads. The Russians are scared to ride on the road, so they go into the fields and they get hit. Now, the Russians are doing a massive effort to clear these minefields. So before they go in for the assault, the Russians send in their troops. They clear the mines out. They go look for them. So the Russians are now ready to go. However, it turns out that Ukrainians have this artillery shell. And it has to be shot by a, a pretty big gun. It has to be shot by like a 155 which is a big artillery piece. And it has a shell that flies out to where they want to target, and it disperses before it hits the ground. The back end comes out, and nine anti-tank mines come flying out of this thing, and it just lays a pattern of mines down on the ground. So the Russians have been going in, clearing the minefields, running their tanks in immediately afterwards, only to discover the Ukrainians just popped those mines in there just before the assault and are responding just as quickly as the mines get taken out. They put new ones in, and it's had devastating results on the Russians. And it's been destroying tanks left and right. The reason why we're hearing about a Ukrainian offensive this spring is because they now have the necessary equipment to not play this kind of hang back and counterpunch the Russians, they now have the ability to kind of take it to them. And with their own tanks, with their own artillery, they can go in and take out the defensive elements that the Russians have. They probe the weak points of the line and they're able to do the flanking maneuvers, they're able to do the penetration points, and the Russians are not making the necessary adjustments for this. They've changed leadership, they put different equipment in, they put more troops in, none of it has been working. And clearly at the moment, the balance that's in Ukraine with the Russians is that it's starting to tip toward the Ukrainians at this point. I haven't heard anybody say, oh yeah, Ukraine is gonna wipe the Russians out and push them out. Rather, what I'm hearing is this is going to become very, very costly to the Russians and even reinforce that Putin made a very bad decision to attack Ukraine. 
Ukraine is constantly trying to get Israel to add to that because Israel has some tremendous weaponry they think would tip the scales of the battle. However, Israel's hesitancy is twofold. One, they have to maintain some kind of balance with Russia themselves. And two, right now they cannot afford to lose any more equipment or ammunition. They need to be prepared to defend themselves because the tensions with their own border neighbors is increasing. So that's the status on what is going on over in Ukraine with Israel this week. There's a couple other announcements that I'd like to share with you. I put out a new program called End Time Prophecies That Have Been Fulfilled. Normally, when we look at the prophetic scenario, we're looking at future things that are going to happen. Well, I got asked the question, thought it was a great idea. I put together a program that goes through about 12 prophecies that are end time prophecies that have already been fulfilled, which is a good indicator to us of the days that we're living in. That program is free to you only for a donation. If you'd like to get that, all you have to do is contact the ministry, Lion and Lamb, and we'll be happy to send that out to you. I think you'll find that to be a fascinating program for those of us that study the end times. Number two, I want you to mark on your calendars May 27th and 28th of this year. May 28th is Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, and Lion and Lamb is going to be hosting a Shavuot conference. Eddie Chumney is going to be joining me that weekend here, and we are going to be setting up the conference. Registration will be opening next week for that. You don't want to miss that. May 27th and 28th, that's a Saturday and a Sunday. We'll be observing the Feast of Weeks and finish the counting of the Omener. So Shabbat Shalom to all of you, and I pray that you'll have a good Sabbath. Thank you, everyone, who listens to our podcast here at Line of Land Ministries. I want to remind you, you can get our podcast through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, and wherever you like to download your podcast. Thank you for being a part of our program and listening to what we have to say.